0: Grace and peace belong to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The sermon text that we have before us is from Luke chapter 17. I share with you verses 20 through 21. Please rise as we hear these words in our Savior's name. The Pharisees asked Jesus when the kingdom of God would come. And Jesus answered them, the kingdom of God is is not coming in a way you can observe, nor will people say, look, here it is, or look, there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. And we pray, O oh Lord, help us to be prepared and watching for your kingdom to come to us and help us joyfully recognize your kingdom, even as we find it now in our own midst. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Have you ever missed something that should be obvious? Uh, I used to have a colleague who would famously run around looking for his reading glasses that he thought he had left somewhere, and on more, more than one occasion, they were perched on top of his head. Sometimes people miss the obvious because of something we call confirmation bias. We end up being in denial over things that we just don't want to admit. And so people go around thinking, I'm only going to recognize, I'm only going to be looking for things that confirm my pre-existing ideas and beliefs. There's another reason why people sometimes miss obvious things. Psychologists call it inattentional blindness. I shared a video on Facebook yesterday, I know some of you saw it. It was a well-known experiment that they ran where they had this video clip and they asked viewers to watch this video. And as they watched this video, the people, the people viewing it, are supposed to count how many times this basketball gets passed between this group of people that were walking around in a circle. At the end of the video, they explain the basketball was passed 15 times. But did you notice anything unusual in the middle of the video, it asks. In the middle of the video, a person in a gorilla suit walks out and stands in the middle of the group of people, beats his chest, and then walks out the other side. seems completely obvious. Everyone should notice that. But what they discovered is that 50% of people didn't see the gorilla at all it was invisible to them because they were so focused on this basketball being passed around that they didn't see this seemingly obvious thing in the midst in our text for today Jesus points out that the Pharisees were missing something that should have been obvious They come up to Jesus and they ask Jesus about the coming of the kingdom of God. When exactly is it going to show up? And Jesus points out to them, it's already here. It's among you. It's in your midst. It's within people, he says. Really, Jesus here in our text, he's he's actually pointing at himself. And he's saying, hello, it's me. I'm here I've come fulfilling all the prophecies that you know from the Old Testament. I'm fulfilling them. I've come with the powerful finger of God. In fact, didn't you just see those ten lepers that I healed in the section just before our text? Jesus is saying to these Pharisees, I am the king. I am here. I am the kingdom. It's right here in your midst. But the Pharisees were missing it completely. Instead, they were saying, get out of our way, Jesus. Get out of here. You can't be the king. You're not bringing the kingdom that we are expecting. The problem was that the Pharisees were not recognizing God's kingdom, even though it should have been so obvious to them. And the problem was that what the Pharisees were watching for, what they were waiting for, what they were wanting It was not in line with what Jesus was bringing. The Pharisees were wanting an external kingdom. They wanted something that was outwardly impressive and glorious and powerful. They wanted something here on earth. They wanted the nation of Israel to become a worldwide empire. They wanted a king who would flex his muscles with divine power of God, who would then give them all the comforts and all the luxuries that they could have here in this life. They wanted this king to come, this Messiah to come, and to give them an end to oppression, an end to all pain and suffering that they were facing here in this world. This is what they were watching and waiting for, but this isn't what Jesus was bringing them. The Pharisees were completely missing the kingdom of God that was right there in their midst because they were so focused and waiting on other things, other things that they had come up with, other things that they had thought would define and show that the kingdom of God was there rather than paying attention to to what God had said about his kingdom. And isn't that silly? Who gets to determine, who gets to define what the kingdom of God is, and its nature, and when it will come, and how it will come? Are people, are we the ones who determine what the kingdom of God is, or is this instead the business and job of God? Dear friends, do we ever treat the kingdom of God in this way, like the Pharisees did? Do we ever let our expectations of what it should be like and and how it should come and when it should come, do we let those things get in the way of God's plan and design for his kingdom? I think that this is a dangerous temptation that we face in our day. Lately, I've heard it referred to as spiritual consumerism. We live in an age with the blessing of technology, and we're able to to go and look at other churches online and on TV and see other pastors and what they are like. And it's so easy for us to then begin comparing what we have in our lives and what we have in our church with what other people have. And Satan wants you to start comparing these things. He wants you to start comparing these things to to think that, wow, they have it so much better over there. They must really have the kingdom of God. Oh, it's so much more beautiful. It's so much more glorious. It's so much more powerful than what you have. They must have the kingdom of God. We must not. These are bad comparisons to make. Oh, that place has that great thing. My church doesn't. I wish that That we could be more like them. Oh, these people have such better things than we do. I think I'm going to take my ball and go play with them over there instead. Dear friends, we can get so caught up with these kinds of details that we become inattentionally blind ourselves. We get distracted. We pay attention to these Details of lesser importance, and we miss the boat on what is most important. On what Christianity is really all about. This is a trap that we fall into. We get our own mixed up ideas about things and about how things should be. We start to think that, that we know what the kingdom of God is supposed to be like and what it should look like. Maybe even better than God does. When we do that, we, uh, we fail to recognize our king and we fail to recognize the kingdom of God when it is in our midst. Do we expect God to be flexing his divine muscles for us so that we might have honor and glory here in this life? Do we act as if we, who are good, devout Christians, we deserve to have all of the, the luxuries and comforts Here in this world, do we judge God's kingdom and how powerful and great it is based on outward successes, on numbers, on what is seemingly impressive and glorious to to our human way of thinking, to our human eyes? Look at how many people they have. Look at how big and beautiful their buildings are. Look at all the great, thriving programs that they have going on there, see how dynamic and attractive their pastors and teachers are. But then the danger is, what if we don't see those places or those things in our midst, in our church? Are we then tempted to say, huh, I guess we don't actually have the kingdom of God here. Maybe I should go somewhere else that's better. Again, dear friends, you and I, we are not the ones who get to define what the kingdom of God is or what it looks like. That's what the Pharisees had been trying to do. We don't get to define it. God does. So in order to recognize the kingdom of God, we need to set aside our own biases. We need to not let these things of of lesser importance, these other details distract us from what is most important, distract us from what Jesus makes obvious to us. Yes, there are things that we might see and we might have self-criticisms and we can see our flaws and see the mistakes and the problems, we can see the places in our midst that we consider to be weak or small, humble, unimpressive. And yet, dear friends, even in these places, the power of God, the kingdom of God can still be found there. In fact, isn't this the case with Jesus himself? Many people saw the circumstances that surrounded our Savior, how he was poor, how he was humble, how he was the lowest servant. He took on this position of being the lowest servant. He was homeless. He was persecuted. He was hated. People with an earthly mindset might look at Jesus and say, Really? This is your king? What kind of king is this? Seems very flawed to be a king. But God looks at Jesus and says, This is the perfect king. Because he was righteous He was holy. He was loving in every way. Sure, the world around looks at Jesus, and the world doesn't value him. It doesn't value what Jesus brings. But God values different things than the world does. Things like righteousness and holiness. Things that Jesus had that he possessed his entire life through. And you and I, we should recognize the value in this too. Yes, he came in humility but he possessed the perfect righteousness that is needed that we need in order to be part of the kingdom of god and he shares that perfect righteousness with all who are part of his kingdom through faith many people think that god's kingdom and jesus work here on earth it could have been so much better he could have put an end to wars he could have brought world peace he could have stopped world hunger He could have done all these things. He could have established a great and powerful nation and empire here on this earth. That's what the people there were wanting. That's what they had envisioned for the coming Messiah. But he didn't do that, did he? Do you remember what Paul said is the primary message, the primary focus for us as Christians? What it is that we point ourselves to, what we proclaim and preach... He says in 1 Corinthians, we preach Christ crucified for our sins. The world outside might look at Jesus' suffering and his death on the cross, and they they might say, "What what a tragic failure this all was. He could have done so much more good. Before us as Christians, we look at Jesus' death on the cross, and we say, This is the greatest good that has ever happened in the universe. The selfless sacrifice of our Savior has paid for the sin and guilt of the entire world, for your sins, my sins included. Outwardly, it's true, Jesus' suffering and death on the cross, it was ugly, it was hideous. The outside eye that lacks faith would look at it and scoff. But what does Paul say for us? He says, to us who are being saved, the message of the cross is the power of God. We recognize the power of God even in these humble, lowly, despised things. We also recognize that God's kingdom is ultimately going to be in a different place than here in this world. This is something that Jesus plainly taught again and again. He said, my my kingdom is not of this world, And this is also something that was proclaimed and preached on Easter morning at the resurrection of our Savior. Our Lord Jesus, he in fact died and so too will we die. But on Easter morning when God raised Jesus from the dead, he was giving us a promise that someday he's going to raise us from the dead as well and give us new eternal life in the kingdom to come in the glories of heaven. One day, a great and glorious, powerful, and impressive kingdom is coming. It's true, we're going to possess it. But here and now, God's kingdom comes to us in different ways. It comes to you and me in humble things, and things that the world around us might laugh at and despise and scoff at. And so in this Advent season, I encourage you to recognize the kingdom of God. Recognize the kingdom of God as your king, Jesus, says to you, Hello, it's me. I'm here, the one speaking to you through the words of your pastor as he's taking my word and applying it to the circumstances of your life. Hello, it's me. I'm the one that's speaking to you through the pages of this old book, telling you everything that I have done so that you can have the forgiveness of sins and that heaven might be open to you. Recognize Jesus and his kingdom when he says, Hello, it's me. I'm the one in this water that's being poured upon your head in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in this water, I'm taking your sins and I'm drowning them. Meanwhile, I'm covering you in the perfect righteousness that I earned. Recognize your Savior, Jesus, when he says to you, Hello, it's me here in this bread and wine that you are eating and drinking. With my own body and blood, I'm giving it to you and with it, the forgiveness of all of your sins, so that you can have complete confidence and assurance that nothing comes between you and God. You are, in fact, a member of God's kingdom. It is within you. Our Lord wants us to recognize that his kingdom is present here among us. It is even within us. You are a part of it because you are rejoicing in, you are receiving Christ your Savior, even in these humble, lowly things. Wherever it is that we find his word proclaimed in its truth and purity, where we are receiving his sacraments as he instituted it, we can rest assured that Jesus is there present with his kingdom. And he is coming to us. That's what's most important. That's what we desire to have in our churches. That's where the kingdom of God is. And so go back. Think about a small maybe fading away, maybe even a dying congregation, unimpressive. Think about places that that appear to be underwhelming, unimpressive, run down. Think of people who are gathering together and pastors who, who might have flaws, who are poor, decrepit. And yet even in these places, the kingdom of God is still present if Christ Jesus is recognized first and foremost. That's what's most important. Don't scoff at it. Don't miss it. Instead, rejoice every time you hear Jesus say to you, hello, it's me. I'm here. I am in your midst. I'm within you as you have my word. Don't miss what God has made obvious for us about his kingdom. Recognize in Jesus the kingdom of God. All glory be to him. Amen.